Welcome to the Free to Be Show. I'm so excited to be here today with my favorite guest <laughs> and friend, Fahima Muhammad. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Cordelia. It's lovely to be here. I really appreciate the invite. Yeah. You know, I, I want to honor all of your background um, and your current study in neuroscience and, and everything that you are. I just say that you are, um, I'm going to call you a coach extraordinaire, even though you do specialize in relationships and couples. <laughs> um, but you're, you're so much more than that. So the way I like to start my show is with my agreements. And so if it's all right with you, we'll start our conversation right after this. Let's normalize that smiling is being present with your soul and accept the power to replenish comes from within. Let's agree that you're the creator of your world and own the energy of your words. Most importantly, replenish with your body wisdom. Welcome to the Free to Be Show. I'm your host, Cordelia Gaffar, the ultimate joy goddess. I'm on a mission for Black women to get your ultimate joy on. Replenish Me is here to help. The five-step nurturing process licks all the teeth and bounces on all the eyes. Receive this show as medicine to elevate your soul. Are you free? Receive Replenish Me. So, welcome to the show. Today we're going to talk about, are you freeing yourself to love? Um, and this, you know, this whole month I'm talking about the inner inquiry of whether or not you're free. So what have you seen in your work? What are the barriers that, that women usually come with um, surrounding relationships? Again, thank you so much for having me here. Um, I actually am quite nicheless. Um, my work does involve a lot of relationships, but I'm not actually just in one area. That is just something that comes up a lot. Because even if I do coaching in businesses or anything, a lot of the times, especially individuals, it kind of is connected to their relationships. And their relationships do actually play a part, even if it's not at the very beginning, it does actually relay in their work in their mental well-being so i think uh when we talk about relationships um i am certainly no expert but i just do know that a lot of that is in everyone's mindset as much as they want to avoid it and relationships is not just about the romantic relationships it's also around you know your home you know the people that you surround yourself with the people that have brought you up uh, your peers, your colleagues, your friends, the people that you choose, your environment is so important. And when you're studying neuroscience and psychology, you understand that as much as maybe hereditary or genetics is involved, a lot of things that do actually play a part in making our choices is the environment. Okay, so that's where I want to start from. It's really important. Um, when people come up to me even and they so talk about their relationships or whatever they feel and be Let's just analyze what does that word even mean, free, hmm. right? If you're looking at it even from people think that when you follow a certain faith, you're not free. But if you think about it in this life, in this world, um, you may, may call it whatever you want, but we are all institutionalized, unfortunately, right? Yeah. And we think we are free, but hmm. there are so many subliminal, you know, 
messages around so yes. many um, things that are happening in society, in our environment, whether it is um, whether it's in our communities or whether it is in media or whether whether it is from institutes, whatever it may be, adverts, uh, programs, algorithms that is constantly coming at you, right? We are all programmed, unfortunately. So in order to get ourselves out of that way of being, um, it's very difficult because also we know we operate from our subconscious mind 95% of the time. And we are programmed from a very young age. And then when we get older, we are put into uh, the schools and the workplace. And then we are put into relationships, whether it's romantic or in business. And then we get triggered. And then we wonder why, right? Yeah. And then that's when we unfold and we unpeel ourselves. And that's when we see, actually, there could have been something that was said and done that has made us who we are. And in psychology, we have the perception map. So we receive information and it's filtered in our mind. And the way in which it is filtered is through our belief system, regardless of faith. Like I said, you might not think that even if someone who's an atheist has absolutely no belief and they're free. No, they're not. Nobody is, right? Yeah. We are all in a way conditioned. We can and cannot say certain things, regardless of how people think, even on a political level, even on a social level. Um, there is these norms. There, there are these um, expectations. There is now even certain things where you are seen to be free to not say or to say or shouldn't say. So how is that free? It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's like, not. like, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about, you know, a, a lot of uh, people, a lot of the women I deal with are very high achieving. And I say that they're behind golden bars. Yes. You know, like in these golden prisons. Yes. Yeah. Just because you see it in a particular way, but you don't know, you're looking at that magazine, that's already showing you signals that you're going to mm. follow. So is that really your message? Is that your freedom? So when you go out the next day or the next week to buy something, you don't know that you've already been programmed to do something beforehand and it's been written and shown to you. And it's something as small as that. And it starts when you're even, when you come across, you know, children, right? They are watching Disney and I watch up till now and I don't even look at it in a particular way, but now I look at it differently. And actually we are programmed from that age when it comes to our romantic relationships and how it should be. And then we're trying to change that narrative too to what we think it should or shouldn't be, right? With um, gender, with uh, sort of like, you know, the roles with regards to so many different things. And here, you know, what is right, what is wrong? What is free, what is not? I don't know, to be fair. Um, I just think we have a choice to choose what we may think is our path, whether it comes from faith or whether it comes from um, the universe, however you may refer to it, or whether it comes for you thinking that, because it's not attached to an ancient terminology, so you're free. How, yeah. how foolish. <laughs> yeah. <That's, laughs> right? I, I love the way you, you talk about freedom because it's true. Um, even as I introspect and um, my choice to make this the free to be show, right? Because I, I had a, a default, it had to be free to be something, right? And, and to make the decision to, to make it just free to be, it was like, but then what, right? Like I'm in my own little bars there. 
Absolutely. I think I think what we need to realize that when we look at freedom, it's more about a still it's still a direction and there is still boundaries and there is still uh, we need to be realistic because um, that's what sets us apart from the animal world. OK, and, <laughs> and nowadays <laughs> we need to really be strict about that. We've got to really understand that because I just can't go down the street and just, you know, drive. I have to stop at a red light. There are rules. Let's just keep it basic. Okay, let's keep it very basic. And we think we're free. No, we're not. We have to look out for each other. We have to respect each other. We have to consider each other. And I think that's when we even talk about freedom of speech. Yeah, of course, we can say what the hell we want, but there are consequences for it. Yeah. And there's, uh, you know, there are so many people that you cannot please. And at the end of the day, if you are willing to go and step over that line or that red mark, um, then yeah, there are definitely um, sort of like outcomes for your choices and decisions. We all have choice and you're free to choose, like I said, but with that comes the consequences. So then in that way, I don't see anything in life as completely free. I think that word needs to be slightly altered in the way in which we give a meaning to it because when we think we're free, it's like roaming and doing what, like you said. And in the end, as humans, we also adapt. In psychology, we know we have something and everything. We're still not satisfied. We have it all and we want more. Or we're looking for something, you know, which is slightly more challenging, even though we don't want the challenge. But as soon as we become comfortable, then we are adaptable beings and we cannot be satisfied. And even in neuroscience, we have to have... Um, a balance in the brain called homeostasis. So too much of happiness and too much of sadness. Either way, it's not going to work for us. It has to be a balance. And it's very difficult to keep that balance too. But that's what it's about. So if we overindulge, thinking that that is also freedom and that is giving us the choice to do what we want, that is still not healthy for your well-being, even scientifically, right? So yeah. we need to understand this. Um, and if we bring it back to love, I think, again, it's how we are given these messages as to what we see love as and how we are brought up by our caregivers and then what was given to us or not given to us. And as we know, we either uh, replicate that or we go the complete opposite as they have twin studies, again, with the same genes, depending on what type of twins they are. Um, it all is dependent on the environment. So even if you think children are brought up in one family with the same upbringing and values, they can see things completely differently because also you as a parent are giving them different messages at different times of your life. Different children are receiving it differently and they will grow up and look at it differently. So when I've studied um, currently um, almost uh, finished, well, a few months to go with my master's degree, um, looking into neuroscience and psychology of mental health, we go into the development of the human being and the mind and the body and the different philosophers, the different behavioral theorists, and how it actually does um, sort of role play in our lives today. And how we choose, um, we are definitely still locked down by a lot of things around us. And we are very, very boxed. And unless you are curious to question everything and you train your mind to do that, where you question yourself more than anything, and you are curious and open. It's not about changing. You can't change people realistically, but you can open up their minds 
And if you open up their mind, then there is some leeway for adjustment if they are willing. Yeah. And as I listen to you, I'm hearing that um, it's more about harmonizing, balancing, being in alignment. And as you talk about the mind, um, before you came on, you know, before we went live, I was speaking about my four mind alignment, right? So there are things that's, that are messages in the brain, right? Um, that, and now you tell me which way this goes, because there's a lot of theories about this, right? Is it the brain sending messages to the heart that's, you know, controlling the desire, or, or is it the desire that's sending messages to the heart that tells the brain, like, which way around is this going? Um, when, when it's, it's exactly, to- it's exactly, as you said, there are different uh, theorists and different research that will argue either one, right? Depends which angle you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them will say that, you know, uh, for example, when we study behavior, you know, does, uh, does the, is it learned behavior or is it something that you can actually uh, sort of like, you know, is it just natural? Okay, because of the environment. Again, there are different studies which show it. So I would, again, um, say that it's not about even understanding that because I think as we are developing ourselves, as um, we grow up, um, we have to understand what triggers us. And sometimes Mm. it can be one way or the other because it depends on the emotion and the attitude. And sometimes we, not sometimes, all the time, we attach a meaning to an event. And an event will then relive itself because of that strong emotion. So then you can argue that it's actually something that's environmental and it's, it's something that's learned. So we will all act and react differently. And some people are tolerant, some people are resilient more than others. So again, a lot of things plays part into it. You cannot just answer that question quite easily because there's a lot more out there to um, sort of like uh, discover within an individual because we're not just mind, body, heart, and soul. We're our emotion, we are attitudes, we are feelings, and it goes up and down and we are heightened. And, and again, um, neurotransmitters are released differently within us because what does it for me will not do it for you. And that's how even addictions happen, right? Um, mm. Because some people are easily addicted and other people aren't. Okay, and it again, it comes back down to not just gene, but also the fact that, you know, what are we um, inhibiting in our bodies that the chemicals are working in a particular way or not? So some of us can easily not get addicted and others are. And it's not just substance addiction. It's it's behavioral addiction. Yeah. To the, to the gym. addicted to love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. The attachment, uh, the dopamine release, uh, whatever it may be. But the more you understand, it, it's more about awareness. Then you can kind of self-regulate and as much as you can be aware of certain things then you could be more at ease with it as well because you're like ah it's that that's happening it's this it's something else that's working and it can help it can help an individual to monitor themselves a little bit better that we're talking about normal states of mind here not people who are struggling okay and if you are struggling then you know you do need a a professional to work alongside you when it comes to something like that. Yeah. Thank you for that disclaimer, you know, because um, 
you, everyone who's listening or watching, you know where you are um, mentally, emotionally. And so this is for neurotypical people. I'm going to yes. just say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say normal either, because that's another meaning altogether. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't like to use those kind of words. I, I, I generally say neurotypical. So um, what I'm gathering from what you're saying is basically with the by creating self-discipline within right you'll and and understanding how to relate to yourself this is what can help you to relate to others and even possibly magnetize what you actually desire for i mean like for me personally i'm noticing you i guess we met right upon my separation right so in the the time I've taken this time to really understand myself and go deeper and become my best partner, right? And so within that, um, I feel vibrationally different. And um, I'm noticing that my who I magnetize into my world is different. So what do you mean by who you're magnetizing into your life is different? Because if you understand it clearly, you magnetize who you are and they're not mm -hmm. different. They, they mm -hmm. are you. Okay. You bring in who you are in an alignment with. Right. Right. You attract who you are, not what you want. <laughs> okay. So thank you for that clarification. See, the, let, let me be the case study for this show. I love it. <laughs> you're, you're like the best at this. So, um, yeah, and, and so some people have left my life because of the changes I've made within me. Yes. And, and uh, people that I'm enjoying time with, people that I've already enjoyed time with, I'm enjoying it more because of the changes I've made within me. Um, so that's... That's what I'm experiencing, and I and I I would like others to to know how to do that, how to do the slowdown and and recalibration in order to um, open themselves in this way. So mm, it's funny you say things like that. Uh, we have to listen to our words very very clearly, and at the end of the day, um, we think it's external that comes to us to give us all of that. And we're, like you said, you're enjoying what you loved before. Actually, it is just you coming into alignment to yourself. If you are already happy, if you are already content, if you are already feeling successful, regardless of you looking for an outcome, but you're feeling that it's already there, then automatically you attract what you need to attract. Like I said, because you attract who you are and what you are. And it's not about you thinking that I'm going to find the right person. They are just drawn towards you and you're drawn towards them. It's literally, we are all electric and we magnetize, right? We are magnets to each other. So yes, people will leave you, um, but they haven't actually left you. They've just finished that part of that journey with you. And you need to keep moving on and keep moving forward. So life is a constant, it's constant work. And even if you think you found it and you're okay now, Trust me, that's just one leap. 
<laughs> to taking the next leap. Because it's, you know, life is going to constantly throw you with these challenges when you're going to be also asking for more and wanting more and also thinking that you want to be comfortable in that space. And that's when you go back to your old self. Because you think, okay, I'm safe. I'm, I've done it. I've been here. But no, it's, it's a constant, constant wheel that moves. And it can move at the pace that you want. And you can also stop it thinking that I'm, I'm, I'm okay. But that's where people get it wrong. You need to even throw the challenges and let it come to you so that when it's unexpected, you are ready. That's the difference. I take cold showers, ice cold showers every day just to sort of do that now. And I've been doing wow. it for months. Yeah. Okay. After normal, after my normal shower, I will just, you know, literally, and I bring that challenge to me. And it's not just good for you, phys you know, for your physiology. It's also really good for your mental state. Because if you are thinking so much and all of a sudden you've got that ice cold <laughs> water on your body you're not even stressed anymore you're not worried for that anymore and you come out feeding honestly like I've got a warrior mindset and then I feel like wow I'm just a warrior walking <laughs> see you've got me thinking two things now for one thing I, I do notice um that when I get to the edge right like I want to get comfortable and I I do this recoil thing and then it's just like wait but I don't want to be comfortable and it's almost like I'm always on the edge of something, you know? And, and then the other thing you made me think of complete tangent here is that when you're talking about the cold shower thing, so I'm, I'm working on an experience in Wales and that's one of the things we're going to be doing is going into the water, like, but wow. in the sea. <laughs> so we are in alignment already. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, huh. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it. you're already in London you want to come to Wales in May so <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah but back to the cold shower thing this is a really good point because um I'm not a cold shower person I like my showers warm and I will Same. you know yeah I will Same. stay into and and when the water starts to get cold I know it's time for me to get out so that's a great awareness you know for me to be in um, to push. I love, I still time. have my yeah. really hot, warm, whatever showers you want. But just before I finish, I will turn it on ice cold, rinse and leave. And honestly, mm. it's so good for you in, in um, for medical reasons, for physiological reasons and for mental reasons. It's literally so much research and science into that already. And if you're going to expose yourself into this, you know, wilderness or wild world, if your body's already ready for it, you are going to theoretically and common sense, you know, will show that, well, my body's already used to it. Yeah. And we are, you know, brought up where, you know, the cold is, you know, is not our friend, it's an enemy. But actually, this is the, the life we live in, we have different seasons. So our body needs to adapt. And the only reason we get ill is because we're not adapting. And we're not actually bringing that to us when it mm. happens or not. Okay, so we can be freezing cold out there. My house is warm. I'm taking a nice cold, I mean, warm shower. But at the same time, I know I'm going to go into the cold, but I'm going to bring it to me now. My body's ready. I'm geared up. So when I go out there, I'm still going to dress up warm, but it's not going to affect me like everybody else. That's the difference. And that's the difference with life. Yeah. Would you say that is that can be related to the way we view love as well? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> hundred percent. And what is love? You know, it's more about people thinking that we want to receive, we want to receive. It's more about, I am love. That's what it's all about. I am love. 
I am trustworthiness. I am loyalty. So when people look at me, people see you, they have to see that already within you. You're not looking for it because that's who and what you are. We don't concentrate on being or becoming. It's more about I need to receive, I need to get, and then I'll be okay. And that's when I'll be, you know, feeling happy, feeling successful. I'm already there. So it's, it's like an ellipsis in a way, right? Because we, you know, I, I think of that as going um, this way instead of, you know, coming, coming from the outside. It's when I think of an ellipsis, I think of like Qigong, right? The, ener- the way the energy comes from within and recycles out. And we recognize that our body uh, is representative of the seasons, right? So uh, one of the things I've studied is uh, the Unani Tib, which is the traditional Islamic medicine and recognizing that different parts of the day and different organ systems in the body represent different seasons and elements. So that's what I'm also hearing you say. And that's how we can receive, um, what am I trying to say? We can see, we can receive the, the reciprocity of what we're emanating is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. 100%. It's like you already have that and you just want to surround yourself in it within and then outwardly. And then that can represent itself, whether it's in people that come back to love you the way you love yourself, that's in jobs to give you the success that you already know that you deserve and you have the worth, worth for, things like that. We need to change our terminology, our way of thinking and speaking, and then we be able to live it. Yeah. We're not speaking in the right metaphors in the first place. And I always stop my clients in the first sentence and we go over and over that sentence for about 10, 15, 20 minutes just to get that sentence correct before we move on. Hmm. So you break down the etymology. Hear yourself. Yes. I study linguistics as well. So, you know, language is very important. Self-talk, we talk about it. Oh, we need to communicate. We need to self-talk. What does that mean? What is communication? Do you know there's so many types, right? Mm Non-violent, non-verbal, you know, metaphors. Um, Then there's the tone. Then there's, you know, the way in which you attach meaning to every single metaphor. What I have meaning for is totally different to what you have meaning for. But we don't even question it. We assume. And that's the other thing. Like when you started talking about communication and words, consent, right? So let's talk about consent. And I think consent is even higher than respect in some ways because it keeps us from assumption, right? You, you actually go through the process of let, let me be clear on what it is that I'm up to and let me check in with you to see if that's something that you're open to. So um, when we talk about freeing ourselves to love, let's, you know, I would like to talk a little bit about consent, but I'm going to take a little bit of a commercial break, if that's all right. And we'll be right back. Practicing self-love is to nurture the soul. And to nurture the soul requires elemental reconnection with nature. Fire is your sexuality. 
and earth your mindset, air your voice and water your heart set. Replenish Me St. Martin experience is what you require for your soul. Join me February 19th through 25th and 2023. Release, restructure, refresh, and rebirth. Nurture your soul elementally in St. Martin. So let us talk about consent and, um, and communication. So what does that look like um, when we're talking about opening our hearts um, and, and, and relationship? And I mean, let, let me just be clear. I believe, the, just like we've been saying, the way you are one place is the way you are any place. So when I say relationship, let's just begin with like business relationships, because I think most of our day is spent in that way. And there's so many assumptions made. And if we would just lean more into the language of consent, that would change a lot of our culture. Well, when you ask in about consent, I think the very, very basic tool and technique I use, even if I'm um, coaching couples is to have them both sit in front of me and they both look at each other, speaking to each other. One asks the question and before the other one answers, I'm like, repeat what the other one said. Mm. So first of all, is reflection, repeating what that person has said to you, then understand it in the way in which it has been told to you. Also understanding it, how you saw it. So you see that one thing does not even get answered. It's dissected so much. And then they're like, the couples are like, oh, but you just missed out. And I just said it a second ago, but you missed out exactly what I've just said and what I meant. And then also you've taken it to a different meaning and you've just pulled in what you already assumed and wanting. It's like, you know, when you are learning about coaching, it's like, oh, I'm just listening to respond instead of listening to understand. It's, it's the very basic rule of listening to understand first. So first of all, how do you do that? You do that by repeating what the other person has said, and that's a reflection. And then on top of that, understanding it from their perspective, what it actually means. And then again, that already in itself, you have been now either given the true meaning of what that is, and in a way, it's also consent, because you are both in alignment with both of you having the same picture so that's how it's not just oh um i want to do this do you agree it's not that no because yeah. you don't know what i'm saying you don't understand it you don't know the meaning behind it as a lot of people said well you said yes but i didn't mean like it like that <laughs> <laughs> right you so know? when when we talk about consent, it's more than just one word. It's more yeah. than yes. It's a full body understanding. Absolutely. You need to take time to to know what the other person is seeing, right? It's like the number six, depending on which angle you're standing at, it'll be a totally different number. And no one is wrong. Okay, and you're going to argue that in law? <laughs> 
Yeah. So, you know, a lot of it, you know, I, I just have a different way of seeing things and looking at things. And some people think that, you know, I'm always on the opposing side. No, I'm not. I'm just understanding both sides. And I do get both sides. And that's the problem with psychology. You understand everything, <laughs> even if you agree with it or not. <laughs> you understand. Yeah. That's the difference. And I think more of us need to understand because we're so defensive and we're also not open because we're so scared that that our belief is going to be taken away from us or we need to defend it in order to keep it whole. Well, I'm like, I know I am solid. I'm standing on real, you know, hard ground here and I'm embedded the way I need to be. So you can throw whatever you want at me. I'm not going to get influenced. I know how to use my brain. Okay. You're not going to talk me into anything can share with me you can give me a different perspective you might even open up a mind or you might you know give me some insight but in the end I will take what I need for me if required that's how you have to be that strong in your way in your thinking in your belief that's why when even parents bringing up children and they're so scared oh this boy and this girl is not very good and my kid's gonna get influenced I'm like really how have you raised that your child that they can be anywhere and you're just going to go and you just think that they're going to go wherever it is unless you've instilled certain things in your home you send them out into anywhere they're the ones that's going to be the role model and the influencer now that's not going to happen unless you're that kind of person to begin with and it filters and it's the same with your relationship I, I love that you brought parenting into this because I feel this is another area or the main area where we learn the rules of communication and consent, right? Um, to reach all the way back to one of the, the first uh, childhood milestones, right? Yes. Think about um, potty training, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the fact that <clears throat> we think that we're training our child to know how to deal with their um, elimination is the same thing that we've been talking about. A child knows they're, you know, they're aware of their elimination from the first weeks that they're alive, right? It's almost like we train them the opposite. Don't be disconnected from your body, right? Um, but what I noticed in using cloth diapers, right? For example, with my last three children, is they were very like in tune and they told me when they were ready, you know, to, to actually use uh, the bathroom. And so it's like, and just think about uh, the rules of consent and how you train your child to uh, relate to their body during that time, you know, it's funny you say that because I think also what comes to my mind when you're talking, it goes back to what I mentioned before is because we are institutionalized because the schools will say by age three, they need to be out of nappies. They need to be in school, in nursery. They need to be able to be trained. Whereas every child development is different and it doesn't make them abnormal. Like how are you going to label them? They're just natural. But what we're doing is we're training them earlier and earlier because our work now is earlier and earlier. And we just want to get them off and send them off into this big wide world when, you know, certain countries in Europe are, you know, able to send their children and learn and speak a lot older, like maybe age seven, eight, nine and ten when we're doing it from three and four. And they actually studies have shown how much more healthier they are 
by doing it a lot later in life. But it's just that our society does not account for that anymore. And so the schools are changing to accommodate, you know, which is this non-family, you know, unit in a way. And then yeah. it, it does seep down into the children and we're putting pressure on them earlier and earlier. Oh, they're talking by two. They're talking by one and a half. And I'm like, it doesn't mean anything because what, you want to burn them out by the age of 10? <laughs> and, and then they wonder why people want to commit suicide when they're eight. You know, then it actually, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just, an, you know, we're going to come back in another 10 years and we're going to look back at this conversation. And honestly, the studies are going to show it. And right now we're just pushing and pushing and technology is there to make it easier, not to make us necessarily, you know, uh, change our physiology, change our biology in that sense. There is a time limit. There is a science definitely that we know, but we're even trying to um, go against that. Right. So I just think um, there's a lot more deeper conversation around what we're talking about than just, you know, the love and things like that. I think, you know, systems needs to be changed. We need to obviously uh, counter it and challenge it with the science, with the psychology. But again, you know, it's, it's not the right people that are speaking. And if they are, they're not being heard and they're not in the right platforms to do it. So I speak whenever I can, because I know that, you know, it, everything is a filter. And it's not just about the adult. The adult comes from somewhere. And there's a reason why we are ending up this way. And why is it in this modern world, especially where you and I are living, that there are more problems than they are in third world country. There's more happiness there than we are having over here. Why is yeah. that? Right? With everything around us. So um, as much as I don't want to be political, unfortunately, life is like that. Um, there is definitely something happening around us, which is driving us in an unnatural way of being. And it's starting with our children and it's starting in our schools now as well. So and that's what's you know, leading us into these unhappy humans. And we are not robots and we are not machines. And even if the science and the research shows what it shows, and I'm studying that, even those papers tell us that this is only showing what they want to sell to the pharmaceutical companies. And they're only showing the positive you know, research. But there's so many other research that has been done is not being publicized and not being spoken about because it's not there to sell anything. But it exists and we're not speaking about it. So even if I can easily just talk to any mindset and say, well, psychology says, and they'll believe me because they don't know right. any better. But actually, even that psychology is not 100% correct. It's only coming from one angle, from one study, from one research, from one sort of thing. And it's giving you some sort of insight. Even when for you a ask specific the question, reason. <laughs> yeah, for a specific reason and an outcome and for a sale and for whatever it may be. Right. So we are still learning and we have still a lot more work to do. And we still have to look outside the box in our environment and community. And we need to understand ourselves and read and read and read and constantly learn. And it's not to learn what I'm learning. It's for you to, and everyone to learn something. And together we bring it so that we can have different variations. And then when we do speak, we will be like, okay, you know, we are getting somewhere. We have to work collectively and we have to alliance and each one will bring something to the table. Well, I want to talk about the reading bit, though, because I feel like a lot of times people read books and then they are experts on something, right? <laughs> and <laughs> you and I both know that's not true. It's, you know, what I love about you, Fahima, is that not only do you read and research, but you implement and practice and live, right? This is the, that's, that's the gold right there. Like you're not a talking head. <laughs> Unfortunately, we live in a world of talking heads who are calling themselves experts and people actually believing that those people are experts when it's really only about one or 2% 
of people who are experts. And what makes you an expert is that you live what you study and you, it becomes a knowing and you embody it. I call it body wisdom, you know? So that's what I see in you. And for me, I feel that's a barrier to love in itself because we read about love. So we intellectualize it, but love is, as we've explained, it's like a, a full body uh, experience. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, again, I am definitely no expert. People might refer me to that, but I don't see myself as that at all in any area. I'm still a continuous student and I will be till the day of my last breath. Um, and I'm constantly evolving. So even what I say now, if I look back, I might change it completely because I'm evolving and I'm changing and I'm transforming and I'm learning and I'm developing and you have to grow. And I think... Um, it doesn't matter what age you're at, uh, you've got to constantly grow. And that's what keeps your brain muscle continuous. Uh, just like any sort of physical activity, you need to keep your brain moving. And that's also very good for your mental health. And that keeps away from Alzheimer's and um, dementia. And, you know, it builds up that neuroplasticity in your brain that keeps the connections wired and keeps you flow. Um, so, yeah, at the end of the day, I think that People definitely can, you know, we have the encyclopedia at our fingertips and we can definitely get information. Um, anyone, children nowadays are experts and they kind of know it all, right? Because they know better than you because they can like, you know, type quicker than you and, you know, research quicker than you. It's like, fine, you can do that. No problem. Now live it. You know, because when there's an issue, you need to know how to translate that information. You need to know how to look at it in a particular way and live it, be it. And I will never speak about anything unless I've tried it myself. And everyone knows the passion when I speak. So there's no way that you can fake that. <laughs> so at the end of the day, whether it's my clients or whether it's on my own shows, um, I, had, I do believe that people need to start living more than just, you know, gaining those uh, sort of, you know, doc doctorates or masters or uh, degrees. I'm doing it for a reason and for a meaning. And it just so happens that I have to have a qualification at the end of it. But even I am finding it very difficult and I don't care what the grade is at the end, but what content I've got and what I'm going to use with it. Cause even a lot of people, they won't share what they learn. That's the other thing. I think people feel very afraid to share what they learn. And I am so open to say, I've done, you know, a six weeks course I've written, I've designed it. I'm doing once again in the next few days. Um, and if anyone wants my slides, and even though I've done the research and the work, fine, just, you know, transfer it, deliver it, you know, in your community, in your work. People are scared to do that. They want to be the only one, but the world doesn't work that way. I need to be around so many uh, sort of like people that are successful and are above me and or even lift them. And if they go way beyond me, that's how community grows. That's where success really is. It's not just about me at all. I've given many numbers and many opportunities to people to come on my show and even to do beyond me because I can't be a success if it's just me doing what I'm doing. It has to be a community around me and even more so. And people don't understand that at all. And I think you have to know what it means to be in this world. You have to be existential about anything. I don't care if it's faith or no faith, but there is a moral and there is a value and there is, um, you know, so many reasons why we live and you find that why. And then you become a whole new being. 
And it doesn't matter, you know, what's around you, what comes, what goes, and you have those emotions, but you can switch and you'll be exactly where you need to be because this world is so much more and you are amazing as you are. And you just got to make your point and be who you are in the best way possible. And it just, honestly, I'm like in a flying carpet. I don't know where I'm going. I have no real goals, but I trust and I believe and it just comes flying. So I think a lot of humans need to live in that way, seriously. And it really does show in many ways in your aura, in your energy, in your, it's not about walking into a room because you've got muscles and you just like, you know, everyone looks at you. No, it's the energy. And it, you know, we can feel it when we're on the phone. We can feel it when we are just speaking online thousands and thousands of miles away. That's what it's all about. And I think we need more people to understand that about themselves. And then whether it's love, whether it's success or however you might define success. And love is so free and wild. Um, it's not just a person. It's so limiting if it's just a person. Yeah. Everything you just said, <clears throat> that that would be like if we ended our show right now, that would be perfect because you just gave the whole uh, way of being to free yourself to love, right? Because what I heard you say is that you have to align with something bigger than yourself and that something bigger is love and just to remind us earlier in the conversation, guess what else? You are love, right? So it's like, it's a, it's a full energy. It's, it's a whole sphere of existence. And, and that's the, the alignment in that is the freeing yourself to love. Is that accurate? Did I hear that correctly? Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself and you really did sum it up absolutely beautifully so yeah that is definitely it <laughs> Fahima you're phenomenal you know I, I just love you so much every everything you're about Same. <laughs> you know and um I've just we I magnetized you or I don't know which way around that was like we it's met. both it's both it's both <laughs> honestly it really is it's both and you know it doesn't really matter which way around like I said it is who you are and that's it and just accept what is and what isn't simply let it be let it be mm. okay thank you look at that my thank whole you. body just relaxed <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it no meditation <laughs> <laughs> look and, and when I was on your show last you were like you're you know, talking to you is like a meditation now it's the other <laughs> way around for me talking to you is like a meditation huh yeah. definitely definitely no um no thank you I think these are really important conversations which people don't really have and I think we need to think outside the box and not just give these you know um questions and answers which is you know again it's so limiting there is no real answer because again we're not you know there's not some sort of cookie cutter uh, sort of like you know way of being it changes and it's different for everyone and people ask me well why don't you put how do you do this and how do you do that on your I said no I don't because what I'm saying to you is tailored for you and it's not going to be tailored for somebody else if they listen to me then I'm not doing it justice and people say oh but you need to do it this way and this is how when someone comes to you it's got to be like that every case study every 
person has their story, their history, and it's for them specifically. And what I say to you will be completely different to another person, even with the same scenario. And that's what people don't get. And we're all trying to fit into this one line when everything is so open and there's so many different directions and there's so many different routes. And, you know, we just really need to look at things very, very differently. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything else that you would like to put into this space before we close our conversation today? Well, thank you for the time and the space. I just think people need to really look within and keep digging and, you know, find that meaning. And even that meaning, it may exist now and it may change. Be okay and open to it. Whatever you are, it's not inauthentic to keep reinventing yourself or being so many different things, which I have, which I am. You are very authentic in being more than one person and more than one personality and more than one being and change it up whenever you need. It's all you. So just be open in that way and you'll see more than just love come your way. (laughs) So yeah, definitely just do that. Keep searching within. Perfect. Thank you so much. And um, yeah. So for those of you who are viewing and listening, um, whatever you've gained today, please share this show with another soul and with another heart. And, and until next week, be free. Bye. So are you free? Do you own your part in that? Rather than lingering in shame, guilt, and despair, let's see where you can create more freedom, more joy, and replenish from within. Visit me at CordeliaGafar.com and sign up for the five ways to only create joy. Until next week, be free.